You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Mike and Kristen. How are y'all doing out there? And Kristen, how are you doing? I am doing so good. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, wow. wow. What's going on? Well, we're on episode 75. Holy. Which feels like a milestone. It's an even number, though. I mean, not divisible even, but a value of five, which feels like an even number. (laughs) I think that (laughs) if you were to define even number, it is not an even number. (laughs) I guess it's like, okay, so I won't set my alarm to wake up in the morning for... 545 it would have to be 547 which feels more like an uneven number does that make sense yeah i i think i know what you're getting at okay. but just by definition <laughs> um, 75 is not multiples an even number. of two are considered even and yes. anything otherwise is not okay well i'm still excited that we're on episode 75 <laughs> <Yeah>, me too <laughs> and we have kate and bj on kate and bj they are Local artists that yes. we have met this year through our work with the Moonshine Imaginarium, yeah. which we talk about quite a bit in this episode. And they run Salt Sky Studio. You were just on their website shopping, yes. picking out your... I think I'm going to get one. Oh, I thought you were looking over at the computer as though we weren't actually recording. You had that look in your eye. Panic, but you were just bringing up the shopping channel here. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Mountain Glow. Bring that one to the Imaginarium, guys. Uh, <laughs> I want to look at that one in person. You have an interested buyer in Mountain Glow. Yeah. But their their work is so vibrant. I feel like, well, the word I was going to use the word a glow, so that was a an accurate title. It's really unique, and their process, they're, they're doing it together. Like, I don't know many other people who are doing, who are a combined tag team that creates their, their art together. Yeah, we've certainly done lots of collaborations, but they're more one-offs. Like maybe you're co-writing a song with someone, but not every song is co-written with them. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, they, a... each one of them does their very their specific part. Mm-hmm. BJ does the the wood work, essentially creates the panels, and then Kate paints on them. And it's really it's really unique and definitely worth checking out their website. Is it uh, saltskystudio.com? Saltskystudio.com. It's in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. But I love, I really appreciate it in particular chatting with Kate because she has a similar story to mine in having left a corporate gig to pursue this yeah. life in the art. So it, it was just really comforting, I guess, to have someone that could relate to some of the ups and downs of what this life brings. But uh, it certainly was a was a high moment to have them over. And uh, we really look forward to the weekend and all the excitement that's going to happen uh, at the Shore Club on Hubbard's Beach at yeah. the Imaginarium. We are supposed to get more rain. Shock. But uh, it's twelve to five Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we'll just make the best of it. Yeah, we get we get to into it a lot in this episode. What the Moonshine Imaginarium is, but uh, 
Kate has been one of the uh, essentially founders of it with with mm-hmm. us and Luke at the Shore Club and Jared at the campground there. The Harnish Clan. Yes, uh, but they they yeah they just describe just what what they do and what the, you can expect to see at the Imaginarium mm-hmm. with with all of us together. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we've had a fairly exciting week, you and I. Jeez, yeah. With uh, a, a special award nomination for the podcast, which wouldn't have been possible without all of you amazing, beautiful folks listening. Yeah, we're nominated for the Media Arts Award for Music Nova Scotia Week. So we. Uh, have... And we were interviewed by Katie Kelly, who won this award last yeah, year. Yeah, Katie yeah. actually texted me right away when the award nominations came out. And my first thought was, Oh, Katie's nominated again. Like, there's no way we don't stand a chance because she's a magical mermaid. But uh, we, yeah, it's just, it, I'm still in a little bit of shock that her name is even on this list of recognition. But yeah, we're, we're here. And we reached number 36 in the world for Arts Podcasts last week. Yeah. After that interview, I would say. That was pretty it's cool. A little bump in the algorithm. Yeah. So, but it's really just uh, attributed to the, the guests we've had and how how they show up, how honest they are, they're sharing their stories and the listeners that are subscribing to the podcast. I mean, it just we just wouldn't be in this position if it weren't for all of the people around us that are making this happen. We got a coast nomination too for yeah. the podcast and a few other things. So yeah, it's just been a, a great week and and I know you were at Blueberry Jam up in Cape Breton uh, over yeah, last was, weekend and had a ball. Awesome, yeah, yeah, so um, much fun, just playing a, a show to like a thousand people or just super excited it was this perfect sunset and the stars came out heather rankin performed right before us like no pressure yeah famous famous artists from the rankin family performing in her hometown yeah they were going crazy mm. like well we'll just get up there and give it all we got and yeah it, it went awesome yeah well it's a good way to round out the summer and yeah uh, that's kind of my last band summer gig and i mm-hmm. got the show at uh togetherland coming up in september september, september 14th. 14th still still some tickets left for that too folks that's gonna be a super super intimate evening bring your own booze uh obviously playing songs telling stories get, getting into the weeds of the songwriting Ooh, weedy yeah well, we hope that we fill the room again we've got crab apple bringing food and uh yeah just come on down Together, Lynn. Let's uh, jump into this awesome chat with uh, Kate and BJ. And yeah, they're two awesome people. Just really, really kind. And it was really great to get to know them. Let's do it. Go. That's me. And then I panic. Did a presentation at Michelin once to like one of the head honchos that came through our plant, and they gave me a mic, but I had the headphones, so I was like listening to myself talk while I'm trying to give this big presentation, and I was freaking out. <laughs> Didn't go well. <laughs> My voice sounds beautiful. No, no, that was the opposite. <laughs> <was> the opposite. <laughs> yeah. It is distracting the first time that you yeah. hear yourself, but yeah. we're I'm getting more used to it yeah. now. 
Good. But I can appreciate what it would feel like to be first time sitting. Have you guys done podcasts before yeah. or interviews? We're not interesting. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's not true. But this is a, so this is a new experience for yes, you today. 100%. Well, thank you for being willing to do something outside of the box with us. Anything today. for the Imaginarium. Man. There you go. Yeah. We'll just, you're going to hear the word Imaginarium 150 times in the next hour. I think we need to hour. describe what it means. We should. Do you want to people- start there? Maybe. What's the definition? The, I know. I feel like we need to create one together. What's it going to be? Kristen, you give your uh, definition. Because really, it's the, your And it's I'll your look vision. up the actual definition. I, just I wouldn't say my vision, maybe my word that I suggested. So there's five of us on this team that True. are pulling together the Moonshine Imaginarium, which we'll explain more in depth. But the word Imaginarium, I don't even know if it's a real word that yeah. would be found in the dictionary, but... There's something I feel that really captured the vibe that we're going for with Mm -hmm. this. It's a little whimsy. It's a little weird. I almost feel like we're trying to create this circus-like event, a smaller scale for year one, but we have big dreams and ambitions of it growing into something. But it's a collection of imaginative, creative people, really, that are going to be offering this cool kind of arts festival style thing coming up uh, this weekend. So the 25th, 26th, and 27th at Hubbard's Beach in the Moonshine Lodge, which let's talk about that because not only... I got to get into the actual definition. Oh, there is a definition for Imaginarium? Okay, let's hear it. An Imaginarium is a place devoted to the imagination. There are various types of imaginaria, centers largely devoted to stimulating and cultivating the imagination towards scientific, artistic, commercial, recreation, or spiritual ends. I think we are capturing essentially all that. Ticks all the boxes. Yeah. That fits. Did you guys have any other definitions that you feel? No, I think you <laughs> nailed it on the head there. How yeah. do you add more to that? <laughs> it's, it covers it's it. It's all the things. Yeah. But yeah. now you go into what uh, the moonshine imaginarium is. <laughs> So, okay, Kate, I'm going to hand it over to you as to why we opted to add the moonshine to the Moonshine Imaginarium title. Sure. So if you are familiar with CBC comedy series, Moonshine is now airing season three. And it's based on a family, the Finley Collins in beautiful Foxton, Nova Scotia, which is a fictional town. But it's based on my family and growing up. Running a campground and dance hall in rural Nova Scotia and all the shenanigans that goes along with that. So it's been three years they were here here filming and brought the whole crew in the cast. And it's just been a lot of fun to see how they've kind of reimagined what I remember being Mm. life growing up on a campground and and dance hall. So, um, yes, the plot is not 100% accurate, but the people definitely are so if you want to know who's who we can chat but sure. we'll get into that after yeah. we turn the mic so that's a good idea <laughs> so, so the show moonshine uh i guess ended and they had this beautiful lodge it was part of the set and it kind of got turned over to the campsite to my understanding mm-hmm. and they reached out and to myself and Kristen and said hey would you be interested in creating something and we didn't know what that something was, but uh, through brainstorming and bringing in yourself and uh, some some other some other minds, we came up with this multi-day festival of fun. Ultimately, uh, a market-style setup, 
music i'll be i'll be performing kristen's doing live art uh, you will have a table set up here sure will. Yeah. um yeah it's just it, a lot of fun we have a henna artist which is going to be there one day like what are some of the other things kristen We've got Erin Bolgers doing block printing and her sister Beth does weaving, which is beautiful. So the Bolger sisters will be there. Their parents run Jennifer's of Nova Scotia, who Kate and BJ's work is now founded in. Oh, so nice. that's a little yeah. plug for all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, our friend Sarah Mater has Fatty Cake Beauty, which is uh, skincare made out of rendered beef tallow. Uh, so an interesting twist on skincare there. Uh, we've got Urban Fusion, Jennifer mm-hmm. Blair, with uh, she makes jewelry. Beautiful and we've got a jewelry. yoga instructor coming in, a photographer, a caricature artist. So it's kind of multi-purpose. So it's, yeah, food, music, entertainment, and uh, Kate and BJ will be there, Woo-hoo. who are today's guests. <laughs> so that's exciting. BJ, are you going to be there at the table as well? Uh, I'm not sure whether or not I'll be there with Kate. Uh, we do have small children that someone has to take care of. And, uh, we've been very fortunate the last little while with all the shows that we've been doing that we've had uh, some grandparents sort of step up and be able to take care of them. But uh, the first year that we were in the Hubbard's market, we use it as sort of our date day. Uh, so I really enjoyed being there uh, with Kate and sort of talking to the people about what we do and how we create our art. Um, so hope to be there maybe one or two of the days. I also have a full-time job outside of this. So, um, I know that there's one day that I will be working, so I won't be available, but Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be able to get down there and as well as sort of show what we do and what we sell and how we, how we do it. Uh, but also get to enjoy some of the stuff that, uh, is going to be offered down there. Like it's a, it's a beautiful location. Um, you know, I don't think there'd be a nicer one around that I'm aware of. Right on the uh, water. Right beautiful. on Harper's Beach. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's, uh, so it'd be beautiful location just to be, and then to also see all the creators there and get to taste, sample, um, you know, listen to music while you do all that. It's just going to be fantastic. So I hope a lot of people come out and, yeah. and, uh, really take it in. The Shore Club is one of those iconic venues and Mike's band, the Town Heroes, was just there last weekend. Oh. And I was saying to him... It's one of those places that you go where before the band even starts, you're enamored by the venue, like the history. There's something you feel it before the party even starts. And I have that same kind of feeling with the Moonshine Lodge where you go in and you kind of feel like whatever happens in here, great, but I'm just happy to be in the presence of the energy in this building. So I don't know if you guys had that first impression or not when the movie set set up. Yeah, because I I never got to go in when they were filming. It just wasn't accessible, but going in with you and, and, and Jared and a few of the other people from the team, it was just exactly the right vibe and feeling that you get from the shore club and from all the buildings that kind of exist in that area so um, basically the kitchen that they recreated for the show could be my aunt and uncle's kitchen it's Mm -hmm. all the things down to the small details and it's just Mm -hmm. it's perfect can't believe it's only a three or four year old building it feels like it's been there forever Mm -hmm. and this this can turn into something annual too like Mm -hmm. that that's what we're hoping like we we want to see how this goes and we unfortunately had a our first event, the test run, which we were calling it, was canceled because basically the floods happened right, right exactly. then, the, that same weekend, and we were we weren't uh, we weren't able to run it. But uh, this is, 
ultimately a test run, but we, we know it's going to be a successful test run. It's like putting on a play without doing a dress rehearsal, <laughs> yeah. basically, but we'll be fine. We're ready it's to fine. roll, yeah. And I think in Nova Scotia, you're always worried about the weather, but that's yeah. why it's great that we're inside. So even yeah. if it's a bad day, yeah. if you're in and around the area and need something to do, this is perfect. We offer a lot of different things, mm -hmm. so it's going to be great. I want to ask about the show, okay. The Moonshine. Were you, was your family approached about, like, telling your story or how much of this are you comfortable with the show revealing? Like, how did that conversation look? Well, it isn't directly my wing of the family, my branch. It was more my uncle and his wife, Barb, and their their kids. So mm -hmm. Sherry Elwood, who's the writer and, yeah. and creator of, of Moonshine, she's Barb's eldest daughter, and she basically modeled this on her experience growing up as oh, I had no a daughter idea of that... the campground. So um, it she did it really well. Obviously, it's, you know, true to reality, but just quirky enough that, you know, it's, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek and not mm. completely characterizing everybody. But, you know, no one in my immediate family, my, my group of four, have made an appearance, except I, I think there might be a, a doctor character that maybe could be my brother, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um <laughs> But yeah, so it was a pretty seamless thing. I mean, when I watch the show, I'm like, okay, that's my cousin so-and-so, and that's my great aunt, and I, I can pick out who the characters are. But It's that uh, yeah. accurate? And... Some of the some of the details of yeah. them are, are definitely accurate. So, uh, and obviously the location, just watching all the, you know, the cut, the cut footage that they have driving yeah. around the local area, that's really cool too. And my cousin Jim is Terry, the the police officer and yeah. he's my cousin from the other side because Nova Scotia is small like that yeah. um, but he's an actor based in Toronto so he plays Terry and he you know it's kind of neat to see him part of that family which yeah. is not where I see him being but yeah so it, it, it all was very natural I think to come together like that and it so many funny things happen I think I've told you a couple of random stories <laughs> about life growing up with you know a small business like that in a small town and you get to do really random things to keep things functioning so um it's pretty pretty fun to see it on screen well the shore club <laughs> now is on what year this is 76 76 yeah. yeah and then it was 10 years before that we were serving lobsters on the beach so it's really 86 years Jeez. of serving huh. lobsters and then 76 for the dance hall so it's been wow. so been was, a minute. <laughs> was the was the hall initially built to serve the lobsters like yeah. that was the function so it was built to be a dance hall because that was that was the thing of the times big band yeah. dances men had to come in jackets and suits and yeah. you know with their date you had to have your dance card um and they built just the main hall first and then added the bar section on about 10 years later to kind of house more people yeah. but uh it was just after the war my grandfather was a dairy farmer and he just decided you know what do we do next yeah dug a hole one year one summer and brought these boat builders in from the shore and they built the shore club with parts left over from the debert um air force i'm not sure actually what it was but yeah. it like you know pieces in for wherever they could get it and i think it was a very short amount of time they got it up and running and then yeah. august we opened the doors and it's been going so unreal yeah it's a really cool um legacy to be sure. part of like cool. it's really fun today's episode is brought to you by the amazing wilson's coastal club this resort has eight cottages ranging from bachelor to three bedroom units so you can take the whole family along, including your fur babies. Dogs are welcome. Mallory and Kyle, the owners, are two awesome people who have created the perfect getaway for you. 
And we've stayed there ourselves, and, you know, we felt like two little kids on vacation. This hidden gem is right on the ocean. They've got a private beach with loungers for all of their guests, e-bikes, and all of the water sports like stand-up paddle boards, kayaking, swimming, and the ambient sound of the waves. A lot of wildlife there, too. Loons. Ducks. Seals. Cranes. Deer. Bunnies. And more bunnies! Woo! (laughs) As if this place wasn't awesome enough, they're also offering fitness classes on the beach, wellness retreats, and meditation workshops. Wilson's Coastal Club is open all year round. And if you're worried about the Nova Scotia winter nipping at your nose, don't fret, they've got you covered. They're offering Canadian-made cedar wood-fired hot tubs and oceanfront 10-foot red cedar panoramic view barrel saunas coming this fall. Located at 7532 St. Margaret's Bay Road in Bootlears Point, Nova Scotia, you can book your stay at wilsonscoastalclub.com. And if you book before October 30th and use the discount code Mike and Kristen, you'll receive 15% off your stay. Woo! Private beach! Bonfires! Whoa, good times in the maritime! S'mores! Woo! Woo! Kristen was saying, like, you walk in and you feel the the energy there in, in uh, 76 years. Yeah. Just imagine all the things that happen in there. Oh, like, so many things. Just... Some amazing shows, oh, yeah. fights, people falling in love, like <laughs> just everything. We got married weddings, on the stage yeah, there. Weddings, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you so, guys did. Yeah, yeah, we did. And then my my brother and his wife, they got married at Hubbard's Beach and had their reception there. So it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a place people are, you know, comfortable being and it's a lot of fun. Do you, BJ, remember going like as a kid or growing up? Uh, well, Kate and I met in high school. So okay. uh, when we were sixteen and we started dating, and uh, up to then, I had uh, I'd never tried to sneak into the Shore Club. I knew <laughs> I knew what it was. Became pretty impossible after. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, when when you're, you're now father-in-law uh, owns a place. It's hard to sneak in uh, past him by the front door. But um, but yeah, like uh, as a kid, we spent some time at Hubbard's Beach. Mostly spent time in, at Cleveland Beach. Um, so we were down around the area. It was always beautiful. We, we, um, we ended up in, in high school meeting, like I said, and then sort of from that moment on, I was part of the family and now, uh, you know, as far as working at the shore club, you know, washing dishes or, uh, you know, mowing the lawn working for Reese doing maintenance. Um, so I've been, so they the, put you to work they, immediately. They did, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know what, honestly, yeah, I come from a, a family of, of people who are, have all been very hard workers and enjoy yeah. helping family. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me to sort of jump in and, and be a part of it, it was, it was special for them to treat me like family, you know, even when I was 16 years old. So, uh, it's pretty amazing family when it comes to that type of stuff. But just heads up, if my dad ever says, do you have five minutes? Say yeah, no. it's more like you an hour to two. It's, and it's a job you can't pay someone to do. You so never know what you're going to yeah. get into. So uh, Luke hasn't asked me for five minutes yet. So we'll have to wait and see sort of how that pans out <laughs> yeah. if, it, if it changes, but I, I doubt it. And Luke's my brother who took over the season. So he and Jared, my cousin, have taken over the, the shore club and the campground and kind of put it back together the way my grandfather originally had it. And they took over from my uncle and my father um, yeah. just this year. So mm. so two separate yeah. businesses that work mm-hmm. in harmony. They mm-hmm. always were sort Air of one harmony. together. <laughs> and, yeah. And then they kind of divided them when my uncle and my dad took over and then came back together. So it makes sense for them. Yeah. To yeah. operate together. 
So, so you two now, you're creating these uh, beautiful pieces. But where did creativity start for you? Like, I know you're you were a hockey player as a young fella. Um, you were a figure skater. Were were either of you uh, working on creative projects as uh, kids? No, I think. I mean, I think like most kids, everybody's interested in creating things. Um, in high school, when it got to the point of, you know, choose what you want to do for your life as an 18 year old, I almost went into art school instead of, yeah. instead of what I ended up doing. But I, I went the practical route and kind of fell down the engineering hole, which enjoyed, but something called me back and yeah. became this way. So my aunt, um, she's also an engineer turned artist. She's a glass artist in based in Colorado. So I think seeing her journey, and you know how she was able to go from the science route to the back to the art route yeah. kind of always stuck with me and people told me how similar we were so yeah, yeah. and uh for myself uh I grew up as you said pl- sort of playing hockey spending more time at the rink than anywhere yeah um and and uh my uncle owned a flooring company and when I was young, uh, hockey was expensive and you know times were tight with the family yeah. so I would go to work every summer and they would keep all the money that I made or that I earned. And then they would essentially help pay for my hockey during the, the winter season. Mm. So major midget hockey now is, you're paying a lot. Back then it was a lot for, for us. And I guess times are getting, uh, or at least the the hockey itself is becoming more popular and there's more traveling, more costs associated yeah. with it. But uh, so I, I laid hardwood flooring. And my uncles, like I said, we'd always help one another out if someone needed to build a shed or a garage or a house. house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at, at, at eight or nine years old, I remember hanging drywall and <laughs> yeah. at 15, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're running electrical wires and, and putting in plugs and, and building walls with, with the family. So I always had a real enjoyment of building and creating, even though, you know, at that point in time, it was only house projects, you know, put a wall up or do something like that, working with my hands. So, uh, during the pandemic, uh, we were sort of dabbling around and playing with some stuff and my kids asked me to build a squirrel picnic table so they could <laughs> feed Chippy out in the yard. <laughs> and I thought, what a great way to get outside of the house so we don't all go crazy. Yeah. And so I built it and when I was done, I had some leftover lumber and I've sort of put it all together and I thought I'll just run it through a planer and make a cutting board out of it. And then I thought, you know, that's a terrible idea with pine. Pine doesn't really work that way. So I showed Kate and I said, Kate, is there anything that you could do with this? And she looked at it and it didn't take very long. That creative mind of hers just sort of took right over and she said, I'm going to paint it to look like Hubbard's Beach. And mm-hmm. from that moment on, after she painstakingly, when it was all put together, painted uh, each individual board, um, she asked if I could build one and not put it together first so she could paint it a little bit cleaner. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it stemmed from. So pandemic project, uh, squirrel picnic table. It's gonna Was wow. there, when, when you finished the first piece, okay, was there like an aha moment? Like, oh my God, this is something. I remember looking at that one thinking, wow, this is so good. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be so great. And we held on to it. And now I look at it and think, oh, wow how far we've come because it's it really was not well done but yeah i think we were immediately drawn to that style because it let him be mm-hmm. creative and do his wood woodworking piece and yeah. then i like clean lines and bright colors and it kind of was a really fun different kind of canvas yeah. and made me have to think a little hard it let me use that problem solving part of my brain that i like and um yeah we really just 
saw the potential for it yeah. to be something. And we hear that a lot. I've never seen anything like this before. And I don't always know if that's a, a good thing that people are saying or a bad it's thing. Good. But, it's good. <laughs> but it is definitely unique. And it's just a fun way to kind of, you know, take things that are out there and break them down and make them a little bit more abstract. And you so. get to collaborate together. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's exactly. beautiful. Yeah, so far it's it's been really good. Um, you know, sometimes there's a production problem where I can't keep up with how quickly she can paint and get stuff turned out. Uh, yeah. And then other times I sit idle and we try to work together. And Kate's really the driving force behind, you know, all the social media stuff, uh, you know, booking shows, planning the Imaginarium and helping out with that, as well as, as looking at doing some other uh, ventures. But um I'm not the greatest with technology, so I, I try to stay in my lane, and uh, I work and, and do all of my woodworking, and then if we have, like, a, a creative idea and Kate says, hey, let's let's try this, I love that because I get to use my brain to try to figure out how can we do that. We've had a lot of people ask if you could turn them to make them look almost like a Venetian blind, so yeah. you could flip it over and have a different picture. Yeah. Uh, something that, with how busy we've been, we haven't had a good uh, chance to look at it and try to create it, but I can't wait to get... Uh, to, to sort of diving into some of that to try to figure out if it's something that we can do yeah. to offer something even more unique. I love yeah. that idea. So yeah. you're using, just for people because they're listening and right. we're not visually showing them, we'll post yeah. pictures, of course, of your work, but you're using individual pieces, like multiple individual pieces of wood that Kate, you're cutting BJ, Kate, you're painting them and you're piecing them together to essentially create scenery of sorts is exactly. that how yeah. you yeah. might describe so, it so slats of poplar that bj mills down to different heights okay so it gives some depth like each board's a little bit raised and lowered from each other so there's some depth of the pictures um and then we just take scenes from nova scotia that we see here like and try to make them even brighter than they actually yeah. are mm -hmm. and you know really simple clean lines like i said you know bright colors but we'll add some details like a you know an island with some trees to, you know, make it stand out a little bit more, but it's simple and clean and that's kind of what we're going for. Calm, but but pretty. And what was the reception when you first uh, showed it to, to people? We hear a lot of, they just make you happy. Yeah. And like people can't quite put into words and we don't even mm. quite know what to call our style of art. Yeah. So we call it wood artwork just because but yeah, like a modern it, folk art yeah, yeah we've yeah, heard a lot yeah. of different things used to describe it but they're so um, vibrant and yeah. energetic and relatable too like yeah. i feel like your audience must be fairly diverse because it is really something that anybody can love and hang in their home exactly and we get a lot of requests for commission pieces so people to say yeah. hey um you know they might not be from the maritimes but you know we have this cottage view and i want to recreate it for my wife's anniversary and mm. or a silhouette of me with my grandkids and you know, that sort of thing so we've done a lot of neat things wow. and a lot of ideas <laughs> and during the pandemic like we released a book during the pandemic and it, it's a it's a fun kind of funny like you, you laugh to yourself kind of kind of kind of read and during the pandemic, like it was a very stressful time for a lot of people. And a lot of people commented like, oh, that's what I needed. Right. And you creating this style of art, this fun, vibrant stuff that makes you happy during the pandemic. Like I feel like that that was a very needed thing at that time in, in our life. For sure. And I, now I look back and think, why did I ever not do this? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like I felt like I was kind of asleep for a long time, didn't do any creative work at all. Yeah. Just got really caught up in life. And I think the pandemic was good for that reason that you slowed down and just got to really 
Mm-hmm. Focus on what makes you happy every yeah. day. And it was a great chance to reevaluate for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. And we were really lucky. We live in the country, so we got to go outside and we got yeah. to go do things. And a lot of people didn't have that option. Yeah. But um, and, uh, and luckily enough, I still had work. So there were some people. We both who were, did. Yeah. yeah so some people were out of work. So you know, we realized at that time a lot of people can't afford to to spend money on that type of stuff, but even just being able to bring that joy to people of seeing it, the visual style, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we knew that eventually everything was going to work itself out and people would get back on their feet. And yeah. and now we're kind of in that transitional area with, with sort of, you know, interest rates and, and inflation and everything. But, yeah. uh, you know, now those people who are, who loved it at the very start, but said, oh, you know, it's not right for us at this time are coming back and buying pieces yeah. because, mm-hmm. You know, or, or we hear a lot of, oh, we follow you guys on social media. I love this new piece that you just put out. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for my time and, yeah. and waiting to see you and, and to save up some money to be able to do it, which, uh, which is nice because it, it means that people are still thinking about us, even though they're not necessarily making a purchase or yeah. it, it, it does bring them joy, even though that they don't have a piece. So yeah, it's, it was, it was fun during the whole creation of it, but mm-hmm. it, one of those things and going to the shows with Kate, it was nice to hear people's feedback and it was always yeah. really positive. So yeah, it was, we knew we were kind of on to something and we're, we're about a year, a year and, and a little bit into it. A now, serious full-time. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We played around with it before that, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Because you were, you're still working a full-time job outside am, of yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. And that yeah. was happening during COVID as well. Yeah. Like so, still in that role. Yeah. So like, luckily I work in emergency services. So, uh, we were definitely needed during that time. We, job some security. Of, yeah. Some of our stuff got scaled back, but you know, every day it was uh, going to work and, and mm-hmm. just sort of do whatever you can for, for the people uh, of Halifax or HRM. So, yeah. yeah. What I really love about your story, BJ in particular, is that I feel like it's such a great example for people that might not see themselves as artists. Like, People, you know, it's nice to hear like, oh, your art is X, Y, Z, like something complimentary, insert adjective, which is lovely. But it's it's sort of part of what we try to do even through this podcast. And I feel like both of you are great examples of kind of leading by example, we'll see, to look to you and say like, okay, here's a guy who grew up playing hockey, works for the city, and he's into woodworking, but that's not creative. Well, yeah, it is. You've mm-hmm. turned this into a completely side, a complete side business for yourself, which is an expression of creativity, even though like maybe you didn't think about it that way in the beginning or others might not think of themselves in that way. Yeah. So I, I love that. And it's funny because I still don't feel like an artist. Sure. Um, you know, I, I do the, the woodworking portion of it for Kate and I see what she creates and how her mind works. Sometimes uh, my mind doesn't quite work that way, but I can figure things out in order to create where she can have a vision and see that and say, no, I, I want you to do this. Just trust me. And uh, usually I have a little reservation and I, and then I think back of all the times that I just trusted her and then I usually just trust her and, and, <laughs> and it always turns out amazing. Like we, we've been very, very fortunate, uh, that, uh, that we've been able to create and do this together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've been doing it for a couple of years and we're, we're still happy. Uh, there's definitely some times when it's like, oh, Kate, you need to paint more. And she's like, no, I, I don't have time. I'm trying to do uh, this portion of the business. And it's funny because I sometimes don't see that. And then uh, there'll be times when she's like, okay, I need you to make me some more. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm trying to get all these other things done, you know, trying to even just run a household with two small children who are active in sports. Yeah. It, it's, it can be difficult at times, but you know what? We've, we're still really, really happy doing it. 
And, uh, I can't wait to see kind of where it, it goes from here and, you know, whether, I, whether eventually I'll consider myself an artist, I don't know. Um, but for now I would say Kate is the, the true inspiration and true, true artist towards what we create. Well, I think too, um, people always ask me like, where do you get inspiration for things? Like, how do people think like this? And it doesn't even dawn on me that people don't see things in color. Just in my head is always color. I, when I'm hearing words, they're, I, I, it's not that synesthesia. It's not synesthesia level, but it's, you know, when I picture things, I picture it as color moving in my head. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'll see someone's shirt and I'm like, oh, those are colors I want to paint or, you know, yeah. a wallpaper or whatever. Like the bottles at the Moonshine yes, Lodge. Because we both took pictures of those because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're such great colors. And I think, uh, it, I think that was always there. I just never had an outlet to put it into. So now it's, it's great. It's kind of like, you know, backlog of thoughts and ideas kind of coming out. So yeah. you see, it seems like it's a perfect pairing to be able to create this. Yeah. And I see in you, BJ, like you, you're very good at putting the trust indicate, which is a necessary thing in a, in a partnership, like knowing these are my roles this is what I stick to. And she's going to do that. And I've, I've learned that with Kristen and in, in all the things we do, it's like, okay, I'm not good at this. I have to recognize that right. and know that Kristen's able to do that or vice versa. Like I, I can do the the tech things or whatever it may be. Like you fi- you figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are and then merge together to take over the world. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's funny. I wrote on my very first notebook when we started coming up with ideas, plans for global domination. Yeah. yeah. World, like... world domination. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's very true. And you too, Kate, were coming from a corporate background more or less. So yeah. talk about that transition. Yeah. So I, like I said, I studied engineering in the night. Um, went out into the world and started working for Michelin, a really great company here in Nova Scotia. I mean, worldwide company, but, uh, you know, had a great footprint here in the province. And it just, it was a, it was a great job. And, you know, I got to do a lot of really neat things and moved around the province and got to go some, you know, places around the world to, to see things and just got comfortable in that role for a long time and um, really enjoyed it. But something just was always quite not right. I, I wouldn't say imposter syndrome in the true definition that I, I knew I could do the work and I was good at it, but it didn't feel authentic to me, I think, fully all the time. There was something that I wanted to express that wasn't I couldn't do in that environment. So um, I loved, you know, loved my experience there. I wouldn't change it because it got me to where I am now, but um, it's very different when I think about even a year ago when mm. I was still in that role um, and now where I am now you know in in this artist life um yeah so it's like almost like a completely different life going from one to the other and i know you had a similar background Kristen, and you know i'm sure you feel kind of the same way but yeah it's so relatable and there's a few people really that i can talk to about that that have such a vast background in something and i want to ask you because this is something i thought about a lot when, when i was in my government role was i wish i wanted this Like, I wish that I did feel connected to that work because like you, I was really good at my job. Exactly. And if I was passionate about it, I could have gone to the top. I know. And I don't say that of ego. It's just that was the path I was on. Yeah, exactly. Although a lot of the work and the relationship building came naturally to me, I had that same niggling of like, I just don't quite fit in here. Like, especially in politics, there's a lot of 
you know, digging up opposition research. And that would be something on my task list that day. And I'm like, I feel really icky about this. Like, I want community. I want kindness. I like my values didn't align with the role, even though I was quite capable of the tasks. So I don't know, like, are there parts of that job that you miss? Like, even even though it may not have felt completely in alignment, there are obviously are parts of it that you enjoyed and were yeah. good at. I mean, I think I worked with people from all over the world all the mm-hmm. time. If I needed something, there was always a team I could call or a person, even when I was in pretty individual roles with that company. It, I was always working with people. So I think the biggest change I've noticed is just it can feel really lonely when you're an artist because you're wondering, like, what am I doing? You have no one to just bounce those quick ideas or questions off of. So it's been really important to get to shows and to meet other makers and kind of have that community connection Mm -hmm. because you learn so many things and see that, you know, talking to you, you you have the same experience I've had. And even though it's not the exact same thing that we're doing, we can relate to each other. So I think that's that's something that I do miss from, from the corporate aspect that you know, all the people like I'm used to so many people like walk down the hall and you say hi to about 100 people or more a day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, now I don't get out of my pajamas if I don't have to and <laughs> work in my basement. And <laughs> it's a little different that way. So it, it's been an adjustment. Definitely. Well, I, I think we're only within like the, the first year of us figuring this out. And we've been to a few shows. And we've made a lot of connections. And that's probably something that will happen for us sort of down the road. We're going to have that artist community. Mm-hmm. That we'll be able to bounce ideas off right. of, or that we'll we'll be in contact with, or um, just you know that group of people. Um, it may take a little bit of time for us to really get out there, and we're trying to get out there as as much as we can and doing a bunch of different shows. And but uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's out there. Um, we just it's going to take us a bit of time to find it. Yeah, yeah you, you find those people that you trust and mm-hmm. opinions that you value, and you can just whatever send them what you're working on how does this exactly. look to you and you know they're going to give you an honest feed honest feedback yeah, exactly. there like and i, I think like, like bj saying like it does take time to find those mm-hmm. people and i guess when those connections are made to to really nurture them i guess that, that's what i've discovered anyway yeah. mm, no exactly and i think too with the short club there's something about people coming from all over the world and you're meeting yeah. them all the time so you know, I, I worked there for a lot of a lot of my youth, a lot of my twenties yeah. and thirties, and um, it, it. I find we're kind of getting back into that now. The you know connecting with other people and getting to reach out and you know see where they're from and what they do and ask questions and that just feels pretty natural and pretty um, pretty. It's the exciting part. I love going to shows so I can chat with people and yeah. and talk, um, even though. The introvert part of me needs a lot of recovery mm. from that, but that's what the basement pajamas <laughs> yeah. are for. Exactly, yeah. basement pajamas, <laughs> kind of podcast or a audio book, and we're good to go. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. How important is time to you? <laughs> there's, there's never enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's how I live my life is constantly on the go. I don't easily sit back and just relax, so I tend to fill the days too much. So with two kids being around and having activities and things on the go that's i'd say definitely is the hardest part is trying to fit in it all fit it all in and yeah you know or always feel like sometimes we feel like we uh, not necessarily neglect but we don't get to spend enough time with our kids and this is one of the reasons why i work the job that i do to have that uh, free time and you know probably one of the the reasons that kate decided that 
it was time to make a change yeah. and spend a little bit more time with them. So right now, I sometimes I find that it's tough if we have to leave them with somebody for a weekend and go and do a couple of days back to back in a show. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Kate, if that's, that's something that, that mm-hmm. you get, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm gone 25% of the time and, uh, Kate's kind of on her own with the kids and trying to get this business sort of started and off the ground yeah. as well as find time to paint and time to, you know, the other ventures that we're looking at doing, um, when it comes to the business as well. So yeah, yeah there's never, there's, there's never yeah. enough time. I have no shortage of ideas of things I want to do. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know pausing to take a breath and let it let it happen i think that's the it's bittersweet yeah i feel like if i could realize all of the ideas i have it would be epic right yeah (laughs) like i feel like my brain is on fire all the time but the actual production of that Mm -hmm. is time is one of the things but resistance like mike you referenced the uh the war of art is it that war of art or art of war because i know there's both books the war of art the war of art so it talks a lot about overcoming resistance and how common it is in creative people. And I definitely struggle with that. And I think part of it is having, if you have 10 things on your to-do list, it can almost be paralyzing to know where to start. Right. But once you get into the flow of maybe it's, you know, making one of your pieces, you're like, okay, I'm committed to this. So that's where the time's going. I think I'm also a bit of a procrastinate learner. I want to know how to do things Mm. perfectly. Mm. And you can't do that when you work for yourself. Sometimes you just have to jump in figure it out as you go. So I'm getting better at letting go and, you know, yeah. not being so, you know, box ticking and perfect with stuff. But <laughs> so a year in, and this yeah. might be hard to just come up with on the spot, but are there things that you've learned as a business or maybe about yourselves now that some of this time has passed that maybe you would give as advice or you wish you knew month one uh, that you would tell yourself as Maybe try this so that it will make your life easier. And it's okay if nothing's yeah. kind of coming to mind because, again, I'm putting you on the spot well, to some extent. I think for me the biggest thing is I tend to say yes. I could see the opportunity in everything that comes my way. So if someone at the beginning said, come to the show, I'd say, great, I'll be there. Whether or not it was the right opportunity and mm-hmm. my ideal people would be there. Um, so I, I think that slowing down and really thinking about, you know, who's my ideal customer where are they? How can I serve them best by, you know, doing what I do and giving myself time to do that? That's where I would kind of change things. But I mean, we've had a a busy year. We've done a lot of things and gone a lot of places, but um, I wouldn't change the learning curve. But I think mm-hmm. going forward, that's the biggest thing that mm-hmm. I would, you know, focus on is can't say yes to everything except the moonshine imaginarium that was that was a right yes <laughs> you did one. get pulled yeah. into that, that pretty right, intensely <laughs> <laughs> but i don't regret that one yeah do you have like a list of goals you want to accomplish or are you just seeing where it goes taking I, it as the, fl- the world, flow. world domination one and only goal <laughs> these two <laughs> no uh do have things I want to achieve, but I think that's an important thing to come back to. I think I've gotten a little on a ball of doing things in a whole bunch of different directions and it's time to come back and focus and, you know, figure out what's really going to help us drive things going forward. We just wanted to get our name out there as much as we could um, and, you know, learn really how to 
be artists because it's a yeah. completely different yeah. field for us. And, you know, when the first time someone said, can you send me your artist CV? And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> what Typing have I done? frantically. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to get some experience there. So run out and try to, you know, make connections and how can I, you know, get these experiences so that I know what I'm, you know, getting into going forward. So yeah. I think just being open to opportunities is a great thing. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm okay saying that I don't know what I'm doing and, you know, asking questions and learning from people is kind of the the key thing that I've learned is super important because why recreate the wheel? Like yeah. everyone's been doing this. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of going on a tangent now, but. Uh, <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. What's the most rewarding part of this whole process? Is it the actual creative part for you? Is it getting a piece to someone and you know it's bringing yeah. them joy. I think okay. I think it's a look of uh, people's faces when they come up and they first see our art. Yeah. And they look at it and a lot of people were just like, wow, yeah. this is incredible. I've never, and, and that lets us know that we're bringing that joy to people. And it also, uh, it, you know, selfishly gives us a little fulfillment in knowing that what we're doing and what we're trying to create and, you know, all the days we're really grinding it out that that kind of can make it worth it for yeah. sure. You know, you get somebody to come up and say, I love the vibrant colors or I love that you use different depth boards to give a perception or I, I love how abstract this is. I can stand back and I can look at it and see something in it. Yeah. So like, I think for me, that's, that, that's what I really enjoy doing. And I'm mm -hmm. sure Kate, uh, it's probably something a little different for you, but. Well, I think at the beginning I had a hard time mentally changing from my corporate identity to yeah. this new identity so i think seeing how people have people i know have taken what i do now into into stride and how proud they are of how far we've come i think that means a lot more than people realize because um I, I think i felt that that imposter thing popped up again you know like who am i mm. to make art like will people like yeah. this and it's kind of more validating and now my kids kind of copy what we do and that's yeah. really neat too to see that you know if they color something they color it the way that we paint and it's yeah. just it's kind of neat so was oh. it ever a concern leaving that life behind in what that network might think about that decision 100 percent, and it's a small province so you know any show we do at the very beginning i was so worried i was going to run into co-workers and what were they going to say what were they going to think and I don't even, it doesn't even cross my mind. I, yeah. you know, I see them and it's, it's great, but I think it was definitely more of a stressor than I realized at the beginning, how much their opinion mattered too, but mm -hmm. I, I've really let go of that. Thanks for being year. honest about that. Yeah, Cause it is no. sort of, it's a hard thing to, uh, I struggled with that, but also at the same time, like you talked about your aunt influencing mm -hmm. maybe some of this decision-making and I've kind of taken it upon myself as well that while that was a hard decision to make coming from politics to I'm working out of an old church gallery right. in the middle of Ingramport, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and is there any judgment in that? And and like you, that is becoming less and less of a concern for mm -hmm. me. And now it's kind of being replaced by I'm so motivated to succeed so that if there's other people in a position like like I was they feel confident that that's available to them as well. Right, exactly. And it helped having, a, you know, someone prove that they could do it. Like seeing my aunt do what she did and then, you know, become an artist was helpful to see, you know, okay, someone's out there. But I think that more and more people are starting to get into art as a, a way of life and it might not be their 
technical background. And I think the more that we can talk about it, the better. Um, mm -hmm. And I have no qualms in being completely brutally honest about my journey and, you know, how little I knew when I got into this and, you know, figuring things out. But what I have think been some of the struggles for you too? Like in, so you, like look, reflecting on the last year, because I, again, I, I really appreciate you being open mm -hmm. and honest about this. It is not yeah. like people typically see, maybe we're posting on social media of like, oh, I got this great thing happened to me. Right. There's nine other shitty things that happened uh, to get to that one good thing. So does exactly. anything come to mind that maybe we can speak about as a group openly? Well, I think, you know, leaving a corporate job, it's so easy to get stuck in the golden handcuffs of here's a steady you know, paycheck that I know I can count on. It's only going to go up from here. There's all these opportunities, you know, losing that it's, you know, it's a big thing. And I think the, I, I didn't anticipate how much a lack of steady income would impact me and the stress yeah. that comes with that because it wasn't something I ever really had to think about, yeah. um, you know, and I've always been on the mindset that, you know, go work if you need more money. But I've been fortunate that we can do that because we have a small business and the family and there's always work to be done. But um, and I know that's not the same for everybody. Um, but I think, yeah, that's sort of, I don't even know where I'm going. Sorry, I blanked there for a second as I was saying it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say that that's, that's the big thing is going from a steady job to, yeah. to, you know, hey, you're on your own. Like if you don't push it, nothing's going to happen. And that was a really that's been a big learning curve for sure. I'm still figuring that out, but Christian, you can along. speak to that. Yeah. That's my, that's my number one. Yeah. Like top concern is the, mm -hmm. the income stability thing, because like right. you, it's just never been something that's even crossed my mind. Right. And I definitely more value things like freedom and my values are being met now that are more part of my soul. Uh, I don't have to commute into the office every day, which is a dream come true. My mental and physical health have improved. Like that is, you know, more important, we'll say, than that paycheck. But the money part is, is definitely the number one mm -hmm. weird, anxious thing to get used to. Mike's right. been at this his whole life. So like for him, he's kind of like, yeah, this is just part of it. You got to like, ride the way. You're either so, going to get yeah. used to this or you're going to have to go back to work, like figure right. it out kind of thing. But I, yeah, I'm still only maybe a year and a half in as well of doing right. this full time. So it's a hard thing to get your brain to just create a new wrinkle in there. Right. I don't yeah. know. And BG, I'm curious too, because you're still in this sort of corporate nine to five world. I know you're working at from home more so it sounds like uh well so i work for the fire department in halifax okay so typically our shifts uh in the city are 124 hour shift and then 72 hours off okay. so in that time off is typically when i would be trying to uh, create some pieces uh for kate to paint um the big challenge i think we alluded to it earlier was just time um yeah. our pieces take a very long time to create and make um you know kate doesn't and and no knock on anybody, but Kate doesn't have the opportunity to go and buy a canvas and then create her beautiful art on it. I mean, she does, and, and she's done and played around with stuff at home, um, but she has to wait for me to complete all that. And then when I'm done, it can take her three, four hours, depending on the size of the piece, to paint and to have that time when you have a young family who's mm -hmm. going to sports, kids are drawing your attention. Um, it's difficult. Like it, it's really tough. I would say if that's, that's the hardest 
thing that I find is, is the time. And I'm very fortunate because I have that, I have a three day window, uh, that I'm off. And sometimes that can be hard for K2 because it, it rotates and I'm not always there. It's not like every Wednesday uh, I work, it rotates all the way through. So oh, different yeah. days of the week I'm working and different days I'm off. So it's hard for her to get into a routine, even like Monday to Friday, you know, the nine to five, I'm going to paint or I'm going to create, or I'm going to work on the website or I'm going to, um, you know, work on getting us prints and, 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 you know, all these other ideas that she has, it's, it's tough because she, you know, I, I could be coming home and I could have been up all night. Um, uh, I could be exhausted or, you know, I could have had a real bad shift and just need a little bit of time to decompress. Uh, so I know that that's certainly a strain for her. And again, that all, all come, all comes back to, um, the lack of time and how much time it really takes to, if you want to dive into something and I'm sure, uh, you can allude to it too. It, it takes a lot of time to create a piece. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like you just go downstairs and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you, you work five, six minutes on it and boom, it's done. Uh, it, sometimes it takes her an hour or two to go downstairs and paint. And then I have the kids, we try to, you know, hit up Hubbard's beach and, and, uh, do some fun stuff. But then every once in a while it's like, oh, we want mom. Can mom come and do stuff? And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, guys, she just, she just needs a little bit. Mm -hmm. But she'll come and and many times when we've been at the beach and Kate's painting a piece and then when she's done painting, she jumps in the car and drives over and spends an hour or two at the beach with us. And then it's like, I got to go back and paint details on this. So we're still there at the beach and she drives home and, yeah. and does her work and, and then we come home with the kids and, and yeah, so it's the time for us is, mm -hmm. is probably the thing that I find the biggest challenge on and to, to manage I'm not a great manager of time myself anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I can get distracted really easy with everything else that has to go on in our house as well uh, as the creation. So, yeah. So yeah. when you say you work for the fire department, are you a firefighter? Or? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I work, uh, I, I've been doing that now. I'm eight in my years. eight, eight, yeah. eight yeah. years. Yeah. Nice. Eight years. Yeah. So you are potentially putting out a fire. Literally, and then coming <laughs> home and working on uh, your art. Yeah, so... And the know. guys at the station know that sometimes he has to bring pieces that aren't quite finished. If he has yeah. to drop a frame yeah, off to the okay. painter, I was going to ask you about this. So. Them and them at the station. Yeah. I haven't been so. able to talk them into, you know, sort of an assembly line for them to help me out. <laughs> but they have um, they're very, very, They're very, very receptive. Yeah, they... they uh, luckily... You know, if you're at a fire station for 24 hours, you've got a lot of duties. And, and obviously when the toner goes off or when the, a call comes in, you go. But the, we do have that little bit of flexibility where you can you can work a little bit uh, while you're working as long as you have all your duties done yeah. and, and, you know, the station's clean. And mm -hmm. so I'm very, very fortunate in that, that way as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. And, and all the guys at the fire department that I work with are uh, super supportive. So they, yeah. they really know, are. We, we've, some of them have bought pieces from us. Some of them just, you know, uh, are sometimes there just to pump my tires up when I'm not, when I'm a little low. So yeah. it's, it's nice. Yeah. Having a good support network is, is crucial for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like my family. So yeah. I, I'm there 24 hours. So full 8 a.m. until 8 a.m. And I'm with them for 24 hours, at least, you know, twice a week. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're definitely a family and there, there's somebody or there are people that I, I sort of bounce ideas off of. They'll give their honest opinion, which is nice. Yeah. Most firefighters will tell you how it is. <laughs> um, and, and it's great. So like I said, super supportive, lucky to be sort of where I'm posted now. Um, 
But yeah, it's. Wow. Were they supportive right off the bat, or was it really a little confused? No, one hundred percent right yeah. off, right off yeah. the bat, mm-hmm. and nice. and it's kind of like that. Uh, it's weird. I, we were we were talking earlier about uh, playing sports, so yeah, you know, I played a lot of hockey growing up, and uh, you know, I, I bump into guys. I stopped playing twenty plus years ago, and and yeah. we bump into bump into old teammates, and it's like you you haven't missed a beat, right? You yeah. you want to know what's going on with their family, they. They, uh, it's just, you have that team mentality and I find with the fire service and the crew that I work with, it's that team mentality. Now, not yeah. every day we, you know, we don't do a lot of stuff outside of the fire department, but when you're there, that's, those are the people you rely on. So yeah. it's like when I'm at home, I rely on Kate, Kate relies on me and we work together as a team. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, very, very fortunate. Um, you know, it's. It's, uh, you know, we're not f- sitting far away from where I did a lot of work, uh, with the, with the wildfires. So, yeah. you know, spend a bit of time, Jeez. uh, working on those. So, you know, you could, could be in the woods and then you come home and it's, you know, you got to create some art or go build Whoa. some stuff. And, and that's, uh, that can also be a, a decompression as well. So, yeah. um, when I get, get home after a long shift, maybe I just need to go out and, and build a few things and yeah. then, then I'm good. So, but yeah, it's. So you were, you were on the ground out here? Yes. For, for a, a day or so, um, yeah. you know, it happened. I, I, I got off shift and then the next day is when it happened. So yeah. typically they don't call people in that had been working the day before. Yeah. So, uh, did a little bit of work later on in the week and yeah, it's, uh, it's quite devastating sort of what happened yeah. up and around here. But, uh, but yeah, like you have a team of, of firefighters that, you know, our team, uh, a family that, that go in and do all this stuff and then they go home and, you know, some of them are artists, some of them, uh, you know, take care of kids, other people have other jobs. And yeah. so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's unique. I, I, I enjoy it. And, uh, you know. I have several firefighting questions to ask Uh-oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to go here. The calendar so is... comes out in January. Yeah, I don't, no. they don't do a calendar anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm like, uh, yeah, unless you're into yeah. dogs, which uh, they do a, they do a lovely, uh, yeah, okay, uh, love, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, calendar, yeah. yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting that and yeah. hilarious. Uh, shoot, that was my question. No, but, uh, okay, so. You can, what's your training like and how might having a job as a firefighter be different than a volunteer firefighter? And like, what things are you doing differently in those roles? Well, uh, for a a career firefighter or, uh, yeah, so the the career firefighters that are in HRM, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we do extensive training, uh, every day that we're on shift, um, the difference between us, uh, I don't like to call them volunteers. They do get they do get paid here in HRM for what they do. So okay. they're like a, a paid on call volunteer. And the the main difference is, you know, they're there uh, when the toner goes off. They have to drive from their home or their place of residence or wherever they happen to be and get to the station, jump on the truck and respond to the call wherever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. For career staff, we're in the station uh, most of the time unless we're out on a call or out doing training. And as soon as the call comes in, we're responding. Um, we get a lot of training um, as career staff. Volunteers, they they meet usually once a week and they do training. And it's two hours a week. Um, they get together on weekends and do training as well. Um, but yeah, I guess for us, uh, the difference between a volunteer and a paid staff for most is, you, you know, you're you're living at the station, you're doing that job 
all the time. Mm -hmm. That's your specialty. You know, that's what you train for. Um, as a volunteer, somebody could be a plumber, somebody could be an electrician, they could be a lawyer, a doctor, yeah. um, helping their community. And don't get me wrong, the volunteer, I started as a volunteer. Yeah. So I volunteered in Lakeside uh, for about 13 years before I got hired on. So um, there's some really great people that work as volunteers and, and you know, they did a lot of the work around here. Uh, you know, we're just just on the other side of the road from Westwood. So uh, they did a lot of work and they, they shouldered a lot of the load because meanwhile, the rest of the city still has its everyday problems and that the career staff were taken care of. So, right. Um, but yeah, I would say the big thing is, is probably training, training. And then mm -hmm. we're there to immediately respond where they still have to get to the station. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Gosh, what an exciting life you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Some days, uh, some days it's slow. And you don't get a call at all the entire day. And then other times, um, you know, you can be up all night or you can have 20 calls. Like the, the my station was one of the stations that was involved with um, some of the floods that happened in Bedford and pulling people out of the, the mall and out of some of the homes uh, that were hit with eight feet of water. So, you know, they were up all night uh, working and doing what we do best and... You know, they get home the next day and they're exhausted. Maybe they need to sleep for a few hours, but then they're right back into mm. whatever they do outside. You don't of think that, of a firefighter fighting floods. Right? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's new for us. It's funny because, um, and I'm going to toot my own horn here, but I, I got back because I was on vacation when all this happened and I asked them why they never used the Harbor Hopper. To go uh, and rescue anybody. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I've got all kinds of good ideas. Why yeah, did no one come to that's me? That's a great idea. <laughs> right? like, and and, and uh, hopefully, like, the, the thing is now is when something like this happened, like the wildfires, you, um, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're better next time. So mm. I said, I don't know who we need to bring this up to. Do I, do I need to talk to somebody or, you know, the captains that are at the station? Can you guys, you know, pass this along? Like, this is a great idea. Well, well, don't tell, you don't have to tell them I, I did it. I know inside yeah. that I, I came up with this idea, but you know, uh, it, it would definitely have helped, uh, use anything you have really, yeah. really and truly. Right? Wow. So, well, it's out there now. Yeah. There the idea yeah. is public. Yeah. HR, yeah. you're on blast. You better start using the, uh, the harbor hopper to rescue flood people. Yeah. Hopefully we don't yeah. get any more hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully We're done. We yeah. yeah. Let's be yeah. done with Love this. It. I'm yeah. also happy to hear that you've been able to take a vacation at some point. So <laughs> yeah. is that is that tricky to fit into your or is vacation going down to the Hubbard's Beach and that, that that's was, pretty much our yeah, vacation was, yeah. or he switches days so we can go to a show in Toronto or something. Yeah. So that's that's vacation. Yeah. yeah. Do you like to take in other art? Oh yeah. yeah. I think that's the big thing. Like mm -hmm. I would go to all these shows just to see the things mm -hmm. if we weren't showing ourselves. But um yeah, we collect art. So we saw your work at the Peggy's Co Festival of the Arts kickoff. Yeah, yeah. And we were there and we I think we bought three pieces at that show and it yeah. just our whole house is floor to ceiling, gallery walls. Yeah, not a lot of wall space left. No, I love it. No. So that's good. Yeah. It's colorful. Exactly. So I like I like busy and lots of things to look at. Yeah. So what about other forms of art, like taking in music or yeah, I mean whatever it may be. For sure, we've been to a few town hero shows yeah, and lots of other yeah. ones. And yeah, absolutely. And I think like theater and music and yeah. all those different things are things are really important to us. Even sport, you know, watching. Do you find it gets the creative juices going? Inspires yeah. you? It's because it's so different and seeing yeah. how people are so creative in mm. different aspects. Like I 
well, no one would pay to listen to me as a musician because it'd be brutal. But uh, just, you know, people who could pick up a guitar and play it just baffles me because I'm like, what are those things? <laughs> so, yeah, just seeing people do what they do best is just incredible. It, mm. Yeah. What about, I know time is a challenge for probably every living human being mm. would say mm. this, but like I struggle with allowing myself to experiment with something new. Yes. And you guys have struck gold with your, like, this is what we offer. It's unique. People are into it and you're enjoying it yourselves. Mm-hmm. But that can also create a little bit of a barrier to see what else could be. Is that right. something you relate to? I definitely do. Cause I have so many other things like, you know, you go down the Instagram rabbit hole of seeing, you know, Oh, this person does this really neat thing. I'd love to try something like that. Like I've collected so many things that I want to try to do. Like, um, you know, block printing and seeing what Aaron does. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to figure that out and you know, get to play with it. But yeah, allowing yourself time to just play for no purpose, just mm-hmm. to learn something new that I, I've got to get more of that time into my yeah. day. And having the kids is great because they'll say, hey, we have these perler beads. Let's play. And it forces you just to sit down and use whatever that medium is. And it's, you know, something different. So kids are good that way that yeah. they kind of force you to be creative in different ways but mm. it's yeah I, I think there's a limit to what we can create with how we build things because it's so time consuming so having other ways to kind of be creative in the moment and more more uh you know instantaneously i think is mm-hmm. what i need going forward so we can create some other things but yeah there, there hasn't uh we've been really busy with uh creating the art pieces or at least for myself on the building and construction side of it um so there isn't a whole lot of time to play and just sort of create and, and take an hour or two to just build something that I feel like building that I've always wanted to build. So um, hopefully we get to a point where that can that can take place a little bit more frequently, mm-hmm. uh, that chance to just play. Um, but yeah, like I just, I enjoy building things. It doesn't even need to be a, a piece of art. It, it could be a bench. It could be a table. Um, for squirrels, know, well, yes. for squirrel, there's a very lucrative market for squirrel furniture. So, <laughs> so I don't know if I want to. There's said, a, yeah. I don't know if I can tap into that yet or not. But um, but yeah, I, you know, just little creative things like that. When we first started off, it was building birdhouses, and I would build the squirrel picnic tables, and building like uh, towel ladders and all these things. And and then the day that we sort of uh, struck gold uh, with what we're doing now, it was like, okay, I can probably put some of this stuff on the shelf and just focus on this for a mm-hmm. little while. But I'd really like to get back to, um, to doing some of that other, just random creating, um, just for the sake of, of doing it. And it doesn't need to be sold as a piece. It's just something that I'd like to do to challenge myself yeah. and to, to work those parts of my brain that sometimes don't always get the, the, uh, the thought processes like we do when we just create our original art. So sure. Yeah. So it'd and- be, I love taking classes too. So mm. like, you know, try something completely different and, you know, get out there and learn from someone who that's what they do every day. So I might never do cyanotype as an art form, but it's mm. fun to learn the process from someone who that is what they do. So yeah, you, know, you might take yeah. little pieces of yeah. it from it and exactly. put or, it into your own in some way. Yeah. Learn a technique or something yeah. that, you know, oh, I never thought of that, you know, just get yeah. you kind of thinking outside the box. So and we have a very formed box for our artwork. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've been to some shows where uh, other artists that that do woodworking have been like, "Hey, have you tr- did you should try this?" Or, you know, have you thought about doing this? And it's like, yeah. "Oh, you know what? No, I haven't," because I've been just focusing on that one thing. And um, like I said, it'd be nice to to sort of play around with some stuff and and to see what works and what kind of makes things easier. 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, like I said, it takes a lot of time for us to create a piece. Uh, like a, one of our standard pieces can take four to five hours from start to finish to mm-hmm. create with the building, the painting, the, the and then the finished product. So, you know, it'd be nice to to create and do some things that can help us expedite that um, so that we can sp- spend a little bit more time either with the kids or, or, or playing or tinkering around with other things. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great to, and that's kind of why, you know, Kate was saying earlier about getting out and going to some shows and, uh, and just chatting with other makers and other artists. Um, it's just, it, it, there's, there's never, um, uh, not a failed opportunity, but there's never, I'm not even sure. Even shows or maybe they weren't lucrative financially. We're going to, yeah. we're going to learn something or make a connection. Yeah. yeah like right. we always yeah. walk away with, you know, something concrete yeah. that we yeah. got out of that experience. A so. lesson. Yeah. yeah. And because markets can be tough, like mm-hmm. a market environment, just, I, I don't know. I, I've always struggled with selling. Like yeah. I'm not great at, look at this mm-hmm. thing I made. I kind of hide in the corner and Mike does that for me because it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to sell your own thing. Yeah. I could go be a cheerleader for you two. Right. But it's weirder when it's your own thing yeah. and kind of, and, and I feel that way in lots of aspects like social media or just any type of self-promotion eventually starts to feel a little icky almost mm-hmm. i don't know i agree but you're it's been the hard thing to to do and i've had to like i said take classes from people who that's what they do and teach yeah. you how to do it the right way and i'm learning as i go but yeah. you gotta you gotta put yourself out you there no one it's also will. part of what we really love about podcasting is that it takes a little i mean we're mike and Kristen in the podcast so it's I, i'm not going to say that it's not about <laughs> us but uh we've enjoyed just highlighting the stories of others and like you're saying about going to a show you always learn something there's mm-hmm. always a positive takeaway there's always relationship building like all that stuff is important to us and yeah. and we benefit from it no matter who who's here and i really like the connection making process like you never know how you know, someone mentions to me, oh, I'm looking for someone who could do that. And it's like, oh, I met this person at a show. Like, I'll get you in contact. So mm-hmm. not even promoting my business, but like being able to kind of work with other makers and support each other. It's just such a great yeah. close-knit community. Um, and I love that aspect of it. Just people who will, you know, be your best cheerleader and you've met them on Instagram or at mm-hmm. one show ever. But yeah, you know, I feel it. that way about the Imaginarium crew. Yeah, like too. some people, well, we didn't meet in person until we'd had multiple meetings, exactly. really. But the vendors that are coming, uh, some of them I know, but some of them I don't. But I feel like we're a, we're a crew now, just yeah. by communicating through email and social media and promoting and preparing for the show. And how many of the the vendors that are there we each knew from different places, and you know we all kind of came together and we're going to have this awesome event. So yeah, yeah, can't it'll be wait. fun. Just a couple days away. It I got to I got to get myself organized. I, I have know. to say, like, it's, it's also is it already end of august yeah then there's that i know (laughs) that maze weekend is always so exciting in hubbard's like so many people come in and it's such a time but it always is sort of that end of summer that downward hill back into like school and you know things is matt maze week known in hubbard's even if people aren't going to the show it's it's busy you can't you know better than to try to book an accommodation or anything in hubbard's during that week and he's just really made it a like an event so it's it's pretty fun <laughs> yeah I, I know quite a few people that will will go to the show almost every year and as soon as the show is over they call and start booking for hotels and accommodations for the next year yeah yeah, yeah. So people just friends to do that all the weekends in august and yeah. then cancel once he sets the date so yeah. so there'll be a lot of a lot of people sort of milling around hubbard's the beach will be packed mm-hmm. um 
you know, all the accommodations. I can't, I can't imagine there'd be an empty accommodation anywhere around. So that little, uh, storage shed that you referenced earlier about getting the table out of yes. was offered to us for accommodation. <laughs> for like that's what's left. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. all you're going to get. That's, uh, that's, that's not that roomy. I don't think. Yeah. Sleep on the couch in the moonshine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No heat, no water, no, no. bathroom. Like you're on yeah. your own, but yeah. no, it's, it's a really exciting week though. And there, there's so many just fun people around. Everybody's yeah. there to have a good time and create this sense of community. So I'm really excited for this one. I know it's an undertaking and we're going in a little bit flying blind, having not had our dress rehearsal, but we've been very honest with the vendors and the public that, you know, we just really want to bring you something special, but sure, something's going to go wrong. We don't know what it is yet, but hopefully we'll be able to roll with it and have a great weekend. Yeah. And rain or shine, it's going to happen. So, you know, bearing any you know, large flooding like before, mm. but yeah. you know, I think that that's the, some type of volcano <laughs> eruption will happen. And, yeah. We'll get the harbor hopper and start delivering yeah, people yeah. down yeah. to Problem you. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. I got a roll now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be really fun. I can't wait. I mean, it, it's where I grew up. It's one of my favorite places in the world, Hubbard's beach. And it's just a beautiful venue and people are going to find something that they like. And yeah, yeah. hope to see a good turnout. So we're there 12 to five. From the August 25th, 26th, and 27th each day. And some of our vendors are kind of like a special one Friday, special one Saturday. But for the most part, it's the same crew that will be there each Just day. Just come every day. Just come every yeah. day. Yeah. And you'll then you'll different. be able to take it all in. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, you can park at the beach or it's, it's free admission if you're not kind of setting up shop for the day. Uh, but if you do want to go to the beach, you can have your car load for 10 bucks and then walk over to the, the Moonshine Lodge that you may have seen on TV. Yeah. yeah, we're all very excited and very excited to have you both on and uh, excited to see where it goes for you, you know, yeah. like you're, you're just a year in, you had all this success and, you know, the creative ideas are probably uh, percolating up there. Always, and yeah. You, you never know where it's going to go. I'm I'm excited to see where it does. So mm-hmm. and yeah. I want to thank you for, for coming here. And oh, Thanks for having us on. It's, you know, obviously we're not podcast uh, experts, but it's been really fun to you get to know you both. Fabulous. And, you know, get to hang out and You're chat. You're experts so. now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Experts now. And where, where should we direct our listeners to find yeah. you online or in person? What would Good you like question. to promote? So we're pretty active on Instagram. So you can find us, our company named Salt Sky Studio, and you can find us at salt.sky.studio on Instagram, or our website is uh, saltskystudio.com. That's the other place. Beautiful. And that's in the show notes. So you can just click on that. And what I love most about your website is that you have a little fun fact section. Uh, so you have a shared birthday. <laughs> we do. Same yes. day, same year, same, same hospital. Day. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Weird. What's the day? I have to know. September 11th, 1982. Oh, that's so coming up then. The big, the big day was our 19th birthday, oh. the September 11th. So Ooh. yeah, it was pretty fun. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, I want to say one thing, and we I don't want to explain it just because I want people to look it up. But BJ, you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> I, I am, yes. Yeah. Okay, okay yeah. we'll end yeah. it there. <laughs> That's it, folks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks a million for being here, folks. And, uh, and to all the listeners, look these guys up. They do awesome stuff. Great. See you on the weekend. See you at the Imaginarium. Cheers. There you go, folks. The Imaginarium is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 25th, 26th, and 27th. Said with such confidence. 
You've got those dates memorized and down. Yeah, this go. is going to be awesome. Yeah, no, we've, we're transitioning into September, which is often a, a work season, a, a new starts, new beginnings, back to school, back to all the things. So we hope everyone's feeling like they had a fulfilled summer and ready for the fall. Yeah, we're uh, we're ready to roll. Summers. This is going to be like kind of the end of the summer this uh, this week, and and going to be an awesome end to it. We're gonna, yeah. And Matt Mays is going to be there. We're going yeah. to his his show Saturday, Saturday night. We yeah. go every year, and uh, it's always just uh, well, if you've been, you you know, it's like the most chaotic fun you've ever had. So it's a good way yeah. to go out with a bang. Yeah, and there are lots of exciting things coming up. So yeah, keep. Keep your eyes peeled here, folks. Lots of recording, lots of painting, lots of yeah, adventures to come. Thanks for being here. Appreciate all of you out there for listening. And yeah, the support means so much to us. Cheers.